Welcome, everyone, and we are Talk by Faith podcast, episode number one. I'm Michael, and this is my wife, Jen. Hey, guys. And we're here basically to talk about doctrine, theology, and evidence for Christianity, um, and other topics as well. And we will go into this probably in future podcasts, but basically over the last year or so, God has opened our eyes through various means, um, mainly through our new church, which is a Reformed church. Um, and, and he's opened our eyes to what it means to have true faith in Christ through reading and meditating on the scriptures. Um, but there's a lot more to get that goes into that, but we don't want to spend too much time on that right now. And maybe that would be a future episode, maybe episode two. That would be interesting. So uh, right, today we're going to talk about this song called The Blessing. Uh, Jen and I, we watched something on Instagram by this guy that analyzes different worship songs. Um, I think I think you can submit worship songs and he'll analyze the lyrics for you and make videos talking about, you know, if it even qualifies as a worship song. And shout out to Nick at... At Christ is secure. I have really bad handwriting. Guys. Okay, That's yeah, I can't even read handwriting, so I'm not even gonna <laughs> try that. But his name is Nick, and we will leave it in the show notes below or when we publish this. <laughs> anyway, so um, I made a video about this song before, and it's Carrie Job. Some of you might be familiar with her. She's connected to Elevation Worship um, and Hillsong, and Hillsong, and you know Bethel probably as well, and. You know, for those of you who, you know, may not know why we're speaking out against this, well, long story short, um, one of the things, especially with this song and probably with a lot of the songs by Hillsong and Bethel and Elevation, is uh, Nick points out that, which I didn't realize at first when I heard it, was that most of the lines in the lyrics end with the word you, Y-O-U. And it really just takes the focus our eyes off of God and puts it squarely on ourselves. So we're inward looking instead of upward looking to God. Um, and then he also talked about the performance. Um, this is a song that is not very rich lyrically. So it should only take two or three minutes to sing through it, but um, they extend it to 11 minutes. If you watch the music video, because it's almost like going to a concert where they have an extended jam session and they just keep going and going, and try to just get the crowd really into it and just do the same thing over and over and over again. And that's exactly what this song does. It, you know, there's they repeat, amen, 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 amen. He is for you, he is for you, he is for you six or seven times in a row. And then they repeat the same thing over again throughout the whole song five or six times, especially at the end. Amen, amen, amen. He is for you, he is for you, he is for you. So I don't want to spend too much time. You can look up the lyrics for yourself, but... Basically, they're very superficial, vague, generic, not very deep. Um, there's nothing much to it. They could pertain to any worship song in any religion, probably. Um, so not just Christianity. And there's no gospel presentation. There's not really a mention of Jesus. And so and I was thinking about that because I think what a lot of people think about when it comes to worship songs is that they confuse performance for worship. You know, and just the, how heartfelt it is and how good the performers are. And, you know, the, you know, nowadays, if you go to a modern worship 
even a church uh, where they have modern worship music, uh, they'll have like the fog machine and laser lights and guys in jean jackets and a you know PowerPoint presentation that's all nice and neat. And um, the performance is really there because they know that the words don't have a lot of meaning. So the performance covers that fact up. And so people are kind of deceived or fooled into believing that they're worshiping God when they're really inwardly focusing and worshiping themselves. Um, so the, the blessing, the song is actually written not toward God, not to worship God, but for the audience members. Um, so I thought that was an interesting point made by this guy, Nick. And <clears throat> I know I'm doing a lot of talking and uh, I'm going to hand it over to Jen in just a second. But some of the criticism that I've received after posting the longer extended video um, a few months ago was that, well, what's the big fuss? Who cares? Like, you know, as long as people feel blessed and have hope and they're, you know, people are coming together in unity. Well, it matters because um, if you don't have, don't have a right idea of who you're worshiping, then you're probably worshiping a false Jesus or a false God, something mm -hmm. that's made up. So you really have to do the research for yourself, not just buy into something or follow someone because they have a lot of um, followers on Twitter or Facebook or something like that. And keep in mind also that false theology and false doctrine masquerades itself as the truth really, really easily. So that's the whole point is it's really difficult often in, especially with some really, really entrenched beliefs and entrenched um, ideologies to see if it is in fact um, false because it sounds like the real thing, um, which is really dangerous. It's also why we need to know scripture. Exactly. And the second criticism that I've gotten is, well, instead of being so worrying about other people, why don't you just worry about what you're for? And that's exactly what we're doing while we're making this podcast is we are for the truth that is found and revealed in scripture about who Jesus is, who God is, and what it truly means to have faith in Christ. And so with that, I want to go to scripture and read Psalm chapter 40, verse 5. And this was actually just came up on my tablet as a verse of the day, and I think it's really relevant to our discussion. And I'll just read it. This is the new NIV version translation, but it says, Many, Lord my God, are the wonders you have done, the things you planned for us. None can compare with you. Were I to speak and tell of your deeds, there would be too many to declare. Um, you know that, what I find interesting too? Sorry. Sorry, go ahead. Um, is that literally right there in the, um, the fourth line says, many are the wonders you have done, but none can compare with you. But then compared to the blessing where it's just all about how the Lord is blessing them when Psalms, the Psalm here is literally saying that none of those blessings compare with him. Wow, that's really profound. I never even thought of that. Um, but that's what happens when you read scripture. That's, things get revealed to you and your eyes are opened. And, you know, if you look at this just one verse, if you, I urge you to go read it, to pick up your Bible right now and read it. Um, it actually is more heartfelt. It's more filled with more truth. And you actually have a true understanding of what it means to worship God than the entirety of the song, The Blessing. And so really just, I really, that's the main thing I want to uh, emphasize is don't confuse performance for worship. Um, and I think a lot of people do that nowadays with a lot of contemporary Christian musicians 
they're all about the performance and making it really, you know, um, trying to draw the emotion out of you. And if you watch the video, the blessing, you know, people have their hands raised up to the sky and have their eyes closed and people are crying. But again, um, is that really truly worshiping God? Because it's a John 4, 24 says we have to worship God. His worshipers must uh, worship him in spirit and in truth. And I think spirit, you cannot, you know, uh, take one over the other or um, they can't be separated. I think they, they, they go together, really. So um, and that's all I have for that that right now. Uh, if you think if you have any thoughts on it, um, I'm sure we'll, there's a way to contact us. We'll have some way to contact yeah, yeah, us. Definitely. But um, anyway, before we go, I want to hand it over to my wife, Jen, and she's going to, just in case there's any people that are out there um, thinking about what we've said and, you know, maybe you've never heard the gospel or read the Bible before, I want her to go over kind of what the gospel means. All right. Yeah. So I think, like Michael was saying, part of knowing how to discern or see what is incorrect um, theology is knowing what correct theology is. Um, so that being said, the gospel is actually pretty simple. It is not something that we do. It is something that has been done. Basically, God um, is holy. He is righteous. Um, he is love. He is omnipotent, omnipotent, omniscient. I can never say that word. Um, and he existed eternally. And he created humanity out of his love, um, just out of his being a loving being and we disobeyed him and because of that the wages of that the penalty for that sin the right penalty that we owed was death um but he in the garden the lord actually showed um grace from the very beginning and promised that there would be the offspring of the seed that would uh, the seed of, of eve that would um bring salvation and so Although we all deserve death um, because we have disobeyed his Lord's commandments as found in the, in the Ten Commandments. That's what sin is. Um, we all rightly deserve death, both um, physically and then also eternally. But the Lord, because of his love for us, sent his son, Jesus, to not only um, die on a cross to to obtain forgiveness for our sins, to forgive our sins, to wipe our clean, our slate clean. We can't just have our slate clean and then, you know, kind of be go back and be like, yay, you know, let's just move on. Um, because in fact, that just puts us in the same position as Adam was. What we really need is someone to be righteous for us, to be the righteousness that Adam was not. And that is what Jesus did when he came and lived a perfect life. Um, he obeyed the Lord in thought, word, and deed, um, his whole life, um, kind of culminating in his death and, of course, his resurrection. So because of that, we can have faith in a Christ that is our holy priest, our high priest, um, also our redeemer, our savior, um, and he has given us his Holy Spirit to walk with us until his return. Um, so that is the gospel. Again, it is not something that we do. It is not something that you have to do now. It's not about loving people. That's the law. Um, the gospel is what Jesus Christ did to save sinners. So we hope that's helpful. Um, hopefully in the next few episodes, we'll talk a little bit more about our story, maybe even just things about some things that we've noticed come up in both of our individual stories that maybe you have questions about. 
But other than that? Yes, and uh, obviously we ju we're just getting started, so uh, forgive us our um, newness and <laughs> things like that, you know. But no, we're here to talk about important things like doctrine, theology, and evidence of Christianity. My wife is really into apologetics and the archaeological evidence for Christ. Um, she's been doing a series on both of those on Instagram. Um, and I'm really just passionate about, you know, seeing what the word says about what it means to have faith in Christ. And, and uh, you know, I just read the other day, I forget what the verse is. Um, I think it's Romans 10, but, you know, or... Anyway, um, you know what? Before, I don't want to quote it. Let's just end there. Um, but anyway, thanks for tuning in. This has been Talk by Faith Podcast, Episode 1. And until next time, God bless. <laughs>